0: promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth.
1: Todd said earlier that it is our goal, our desire to be a life-changing church. We've been talking for the past, for this entire month, about what that means. The, the first thing that I told you the most life changing event that can ever happen in your life. Um, yes, we want you to have a happy marriage, but that is not as life changing. We, we want you to have a great family, a great education. Uh, we want you to be a part of our church, but the most life changing thing that can happen to you is to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I know this is the beginning of the sermon and not the end, but I will tell you that if you have never done that, you need to come to Christ, admit to Him that you're not good enough to get into heaven, call on His name and faith and be saved. That is an everlasting, that is an eternal change that Jesus will make in you immediately at that point. Then I told you that the most life-changing thing you can do in your life other than that, the thing that really makes and identifies disciples of Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about the apostles, I'm talking about followers of Christ, is to read your Bible every day. Now, I'm going to be brave this morning. How many of you listened to that, you heard it, and you're doing that? You're reading your Bible every day single day. If you're not doing that, let me encourage you to go to the Church Center app and go to the Bible reading plans and download those. Lord willing, I will finish my 30-day read through the Bible this afternoon. You don't have to read through in 30 days. Choose a different plan. Choose the one-year plan. Choose the 90-day plan. Choose the 60-day the 45-day, but get on a plan and read your Bible every day. You watch the news every day. Uh, you check into Facebook every day, Instagram, TikTok. What? Read your Bible every single day. I'm telling you, it is life-changing. Then I talked about being in church. You need to be under the sound of the preaching of the Word of God. You need the encouragement. You need the fellowship. And you will be stronger if you will be in church every Sunday. Let me encourage you to try to do that. I I know things happen. I understand. But I will tell you that the more you miss church, the easier, easier it becomes to not be here. And so make the habit, the life changing habit of attending a gathering of the church every week. Uh, I talked, I I wanna talk today about being his witness. Be his witness. Now, I grew up, I I say be his witness. Don't just be, uh, originally, Corey, it said be a witness. And I got to thinking about that, and that's not enough. Uh, For one thing, the scripture that we read said, you will be my witnesses. Now, I grew up in Alabama. Some of you have never forgiven me for that, uh, Charlotte. But I grew up in Alabama, and the hero, if you lived in my part of Alabama, was Paul Bear Bryant. Paul Bear Bryant For those of you who don't know who that was, ask Gail. He can tell you. Um, Paul Bear Bryant was so popular that the year that George Wallace ran for president, and I'm not speaking up for George Wallace, believe me, but the year that he ran for president and was almost assassinated, the delegates of the Democrat Party from Alabama had pledged their votes to George Wallace. So in the National Democratic Convention, they didn't know what to do. So one of them stood up and nominated Paul Bear Bryant as the Democrat candidate for President of the United States. Listen to me, there were plenty of witnesses for Bear Bryant. On the other hand, Joe, the the, the coach at Auburn in those days. Gail, do you remember? Suge Jordan. Suge Jordan. Now, in another part of the state, there were plenty of witnesses for Shug Jordan. And I was thinking this morning, Alice, it's it's like there was a witness for God, you know, Paul Bryant, and there was a witness for the devil, Shug Jordan. (laughs) People in my part of the state didn't let their children marry people who were Auburn fans. I mean, I can give you another example of that. For a while now, there have been plenty of witnesses for Donald Trump. And I'm not going to talk about, because then I'd have to make the same comparison, you know, witnesses for God, Donald Trump, and then witnesses for the devil, and I'm not going to say that. (laughs) But whose witness are you? Let me tell you something. You are somebody's witness. You are known for something. What are you known for? Who are you known for? Whose witness are you? We speak readily for political candidates, for coaches, for teams, for... But how often are we willing to witness about what Jesus has done in our lives. Be His witness. Be brave enough to speak out for Him, and that is life-changing. You know one of the most life-changing things you can do? Todd, is win somebody to Jesus. I mean, you will never be the same, Sue, once you've led somebody to Christ. That just changes you. Be His witness. Why? Well, because of the resurrection. The verses say, After His suffering, He presented Himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. He showed Himself alive. And that is a life-changing concept that Jesus is the only religious founder, religious leader who ever raised himself from the dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus is in the room, and that changes everything. I don't want to steal that line from Chosen, but... That changes everything. Get used to different because Jesus is alive. They were convinced. Jamie, that was life-changing to those disciples, those apostles who walked with them. They were convinced. It, it's hard, Casey, not to be convinced when he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the best attested events in history because those who knew Him, recognized Him, they knew who they were with, they walked with Him day after day, they listened to the same voice that they had heard for three and a half years, and they recognized who He was. And they were willing, every one of them, to die for that testimony of the resurrected Savior. You know, that makes, Karen, that makes that testimony powerful because they were willing to die rather than deny Him or to say that it didn't happen. Joe, you know, they could have easily just given up and saved their lives. Recant and you'll live. And they would not do it. They were absolutely convinced of His resurrection. Are you convinced? Listen, no one can be saved unless they believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You can't receive Him as Savior if He cannot save Himself. If He's not raised, will not be raised, and there is no salvation. But if we really believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and know that we will be with Him in the resurrection and the last day, we will gladly witness for Him because that changes everything. That changes us. That changes the ones that we witness to. But are you convinced? If you were really convinced, you'd tell others. They were changed. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, I said that they were willing to die, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself in in the message But you can't walk with Jesus every day for 40 days and not be changed. They had spent three and a half years with Him, but they had not seen Him raised. Shelly, you think about the change that that took place in them during that three and a half years, and then listen to Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. You, You think about 40 days with Him, and you hear the testimony. And people said they recognized they were unlearned men, but they recognized they had been with Jesus. If you will do what I'm saying about reading the Bible every day, I said to you before, Cynthia, that the Bible is the only book that when you read it, the author is present. You spend time with Jesus and he will change you. There's something about spending time with Jesus they were changed because they spent that time with Jesus after his resurrection have you been changed have you been changed by the preaching and the teaching of the word of god listen if if our preaching whether it's Todd or Aaron or me if our preaching is not life changing we're wasting our time The Word of God. Listen, I believe in practical preaching. You you may be disappointed that I don't go deep into theology or I I don't go deep in expository preaching and take the words and and lay them out. I, I don't harp on doctrine all the time. These are the doctrines of the faith. We have other places for you to learn those things. I believe that theology, Reagan ought to be practology. I didn't say proctology, I said practology. That means you put it to practice. You live it out. And if I am not sharing with you what the Bible means and the principles of the Word of God and what to do about it, if our preaching is not life-changing, why are we here? How are you different? What difference has this church made in your life? What difference has our preaching made in your life? God wants to change you. He wants to make you different. And if you're not different, why not? Why not? like, Like I said a week or two ago, like the Old Testament, I, I keep I read that, and Kim, I think about that. Bible says, Kim and Kim, um, you you were like the people in the market who played the flute and nobody danced. I want you to dance. I want you to be different. I want you to hear the word of God and understand it, and let the Spirit of God move in your life and change you because you've heard the word of God. They had courage. He said to them, you will be my witnesses. Now, I don't usually spout Greek at you, but that word witnesses is martyres. It's the word that from which we get our English word martyr. Martyr. Now, what he was saying is, you're going to be witnesses of what you have seen and what you have heard. But what came about is that every one of them died because of their testimony. I've already said they could have, Paul, they could have recanted and lived, and they chose to die as a witness, as a martyr of Jesus Christ. We... We live in a day of great freedom. I think those days are coming to an end. I see the enemy at the gate. I see the edicts, the decisions, the the rules, and I believe the devil is knocking at the gate. And the question is going to be, are you willing to stand To count your life not dear. That's Paul's words for it. In order for the testimony and the witness of Jesus Christ. Deepak, man, they had courage. May God give us the courage that we need to be faithful witnesses in the day ahead. I thought about this and it just seems such an accusatory thing I I, I hesitate to say it. I started to say I'm not going to say it, but I am going to say it. They were willing to die as witnesses. And I'm afraid that we feel like if we have to be a witness, we're just going to die of embarrassment. That's a sad statement. Where's our courage? Where's our faith? Where is our bold witness? Are we his witnesses. Be a witness because of his resurrection and be a witness for his kingdom. It's a, it's a little hard. Uh, I struggled with this in putting the message together this week, well, but, but there's no way, Alice, that I can deny that the talk about the kingdom is through these verses. At the beginning and near the end, he's talking about his kingdom. We need to be his witness for his kingdom. He spoke with them, in verse 3 it says, he spoke with them about the kingdom of God. They gather around him and ask him then, verses 6 and 7, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of God? To Israel, he said to you, That's none of your business. That's none of your concern. Some of you have heard me laugh and say, Ben, I'm, I'm in sales, not management. Think about that for a while. I'm in sales. That means evangelism, not management. God is in charge, Basil, and I'm not. Some of us need to be reminded we're not God. They said, when are you going to do this? Is it now? He said, well, you're worrying about the wrong thing. you got the wrong emphasis. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority. We need to understand the kingdom of God. It's not for you to know The times are the seasons. Listen, it's His kingdom. It's under His authority. It is according to His timing, and it is now a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of God is among you, is within you. It's a spiritual kingdom. Now one day it will be a physical kingdom upon His return. Here's the problem. we are so interested. they were so interested in the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of Israel. man, we want to get, get rid of the, these Romans. We want our freedom, we want David on the throne, we want the enemies gone. we want our kingdom. They had a more more of a political, notion of the kingdom than a spiritual one. And he said, that's not what you need to be thinking about right now. God will take care of that. The Father will take care of that. That's not supposed to be your primary focus. Do you know we still do the same thing? I don't know, maybe I I told Corey this morning I have to be careful about listening to Dave Ramsey too much because I get sort of hard like he is, you know, he calls people idiots all the time. And I I only do that when I'm driving, okay? Church people today are so interested in the book of Revelation and the end times and the signs of the coming And what's going to happen then? But Jesus has clearly said, Jay, you don't know the time. I don't know the time. Only the Father knows the time. And if we're not careful, we will focus so much on the end times that we have no time for witnessing to God right now. We will study books and read books about the revelation and the end times and we won't walk next door and talk to our neighbor about Jesus. That's wrong. It's the wrong emphasis. It's none of our business. The Father knows the time. You just need to be prepared for His coming when He comes. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know I'm going. We can argue about when the rapture's going to be. I think it's enough. I told a pastor one time, a pastor in Florida wrote me in Africa and said, I want to know what you believe about the rapture. Is it going to be the beginning of the week or the middle of the week and the end of the week? Of course, I knew what he wanted me to say. And I wrote back and said, I think it's enough that I know there's going to be a rapture and I'm going to be in it. Now, actually, I said, considering how little the Bible says about the rapture, I think it's enough that I know there's going to be one, and I'm going to be in it. Of course, he cut off my support, but that's okay. What's your emphasis? What's your focus? Our focus should be walking with the king of the kingdom. You want to learn about the kingdom? What it's really like, learn what the king is like. This is a little frightening, but I've read many times that a church becomes like their pastor. If he stays very long, the church becomes like the pastor. If I'm mean, you'll be mean. If, If I... I'm cruel, you'll be cruel. On the other hand, if I'm loving, you'll be loving. Some of you are looking at me like saying, "You, you may have already stayed long enough. We don't want to be like you. The Bible says the student is like or as his master. You know what? You want to be like Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. Imitate Him. You want to know about the kingdom? Spend time. Walk with the King, King Jesus. And you will understand the kingdom. And when you understand the kingdom, you'll understand that the main emphasis of the kingdom of God is bringing others into the kingdom of God. Then the master told his servant. Go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. Bring others into the kingdom. We need to worry less all about the kingdom and when it's going to happen and what that's going to look like and worry more about getting people into the kingdom. I started over a year ago that thing about I love my church because my church loves Jesus. And I told you, if you would just say that, maybe you're afraid to share your faith, maybe you feel like you don't know how to lead somebody to Christ, but if you tell people, I love my church, hey, if you tell people my church is a life-changing church, if you tell them the goal of my church is to make people real, genuine followers of Jesus Christ, then they're, they're more likely to come with you and you can usher them into the kingdom. Our goal is not knowing so much about the kingdom and when it's going to happen as it is in bringing others into the kingdom. You can grow the kingdom of God by bringing others into the kingdom. Now, theologically, Todd, we know there's a difference between the kingdom. And the church, the kingdom is everywhere that God reigns. And they say everybody who knows Christ as Savior, regardless of what church they go to, they're a part of the kingdom. Now, I'm a Baptist through and through and through. And I am not a Baptist by tradition. I am Baptist by conviction of the Word of God. If I didn't believe our church was based on the Bible, I would be something else and I'd be somewhere else. I rejoice when people in other churches get saved. That's the kingdom. Evangelistic crusades take place. And I rejoice. Sue, a, a local missionary from our church, a member of Faith Baptist Church, goes into the parks and witnesses to kids and leads them to Christ. Then adults too. And that's a part of the kingdom. Praise God for the increase in the kingdom. That should be our primary attraction, purpose, goal to grow the kingdom. Then number three, I'm talking about being His witness. Walter, I thought I changed every one of those. I guess I didn't. Be His witness. How do you do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth, to the ends of the earth. Be a witness by the power of the Spirit. You don't have to have your own courage, bravado, your, your own strength to do this. Do it by the power of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Witness in the Spirit. Do it empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be guilty of another Greek word. I'm sorry, but... You will receive power. That word power is dun, dunami. Uh, this one is dunamen because of the part of... Dunamis is the root word. That means dynamo. Now I know that we got our word dynamite from that word. But dynamite is a destructive power. And this is a constructing, enabling power. Think about the power of of a dynamo. and And the power, the energy that it gives off. And listen, that is what, Donna, that's that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. He's a dynamo inside of us giving us energy to do everything that God wants us to do. You say, I can't do that. Maybe not, but God can. And He'll do it in you, and He'll do it through you. He is a spiritual dynamo, the Holy Spirit of God empowered by the Holy Spirit, accompanied by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of Christ. Jesus said in the Great Commission, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'll never forget, we had driven in Kenya. My pastor at that time, sending church pastor, was with us in Kenya, and we drove um, way out in the edge of Mount Kenya uh, on the other side of Mount Kenya. We drove the hard road to the road became dirt. We drove the gravel road to the gravel road became a dirt path with grass in the middle. And w- then we came to a stream and I drove my trooper, Suzu trooper, across the stream, forded the stream. And it was a footpath after that. We drove it as far as we could. We parked the trooper and then we walked for 30 minutes. Up this high hill, just looking out across a vista. And Clyde Lanier said, Well, you've done it. I've done what? He said, You've come to the ends of the earth. (laughs) That's as far as you could go. And Jesus was there that day. We preached the God, he preached and I translated, and people got saved. Casey, see, we didn't walk those roads. We didn't drive those roads and we didn't walk those paths alone. Jesus was with us just as He promised in the person of the Holy Spirit of God. And we preached His Word and the Spirit of God moved and people got saved. You don't have to worry, Dennis, when you're sharing the gospel and you're sharing your testimony. Not only will the Spirit of God give you the strength and the bravery to do it, He'll be there with you. He'll be doing His work, convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment to come, testifying in the Spirit of truth. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said you'll you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, but you will be my witnesses. And again, that is, I told you that's the martyr word, but the meaning of martyrs is one who testifies in court about what he knows and what he has seen. Jenny had spent 40 days with the resurrected Christ. They had a lot to tell. They didn't have to be great theologians. They didn't have to be masters of theology or of Bible. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to be able to answer all the questions. Corey, we're afraid to witness to people because we're afraid they'll ask us a question that we can't answer. You know what? Keith, it's all right to say, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that, but this is what I do know. And you just tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell your story, and nobody can argue with that. Where do you do that? In your circles of influence. Everywhere that you have influence. He talks about being witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is the here and people like me. They were Jews. Jerusalem was their city. They said here... And like me, our Jerusalem is our neighborhood and our network of family and friends. Tell them about Jesus. That's your Jerusalem. Be a witness, be His witness to your Jerusalem. And then all Judea, that means close by and like me. Our Judea is those in our area, who are like us even though they may, they, we may not know them yet. Uh, we love our guests. We love it when you come. And we witness to those who are the same as us and close by. We tell them what Jesus has done for us. But then he says, Samaria. And you have to understand, there was an ethnic divide. There was a religious divide. There was a racial divide. And I think it shocked those prejudiced Jews when they were told to go witness to somebody that was different from them. There is a movement in our nation today to try to drive a wedge between the races between the ethnicities, and it's of the devil. It is not God's desire, and we are commanded to be witnesses to people who may be close by, but are different from us, different in race, different in nationality, different in languages. There is to be no boundaries to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you've developed a boundary about who you will love or who you will hate. You know, I'm going to love those who are like me. I'm going to hate those who are different. If that is where you are, God is not pleased, then you need to repent. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all and our doors are open to all to come in and hear the gospel Jesus Christ. Tell them about Jesus. There is also those who are distant and different. He said unto the ends of the earth. That means every nation, every race, every tribe, every language in all the earth. Now some have said that means wherever you happen to be going you take the gospel. But Adam You don't drop by Nairobi, Kenya from North Alabama or Central Florida. You you don't just drop by Nepal. You You don't drop by the Dominican Republic. You don't. It's not wherever you happen to be going. This church, look up here, listen to me. This church is responsible for taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world and if we're not going there, that means we got to send someone. And that's why we send and we support missionaries. We used to go to the Sheridan, and we went by the name Missionary Baptist Church. What does that mean? We recognize our responsibility to all the world and every creature. Send and support missionaries wrong way I want to ask you this this is my conclusion for you this morning, it's what some of you have been waiting for, and in conclusion I never say that because most preachers say that and it's a lie Alan, you know they keep going for five Mormons, and in conclusion I just want to ask we're talking about being witnesses John David who told you aren't you glad they did Think about it, Kim and Kim. Alice, Vince. Think about it. Sydney, who told you? Kara? Sandy? Ashley, who told you? Think about that. How glad are you, Karen, that they did? Paul, what if no one had? Where would you be? Carol, where would you be going if nobody had ever told you? Tell somebody. Be His witness. Just tell them. Why don't just tell them what Jesus has done for you? Let's stand together. Bow your heads for prayer. When I pray this morning, I want to pray for you. That God will put somebody on your heart. That you will see someone's face. And that you will commit to tell them about Jesus. That is the invitation this morning. Father, I thank you for all the guests who are here. I thank you for my members. And Lord, those guests that are here Sunday after Sunday, even though they're not members, I thank you for everyone here. And I pray that they have heard your word and have been convicted of what they need to do. And Father, beyond that, I do pray right now that they will see a face, that they will think of a name, whether it's a family member, a neighbor, someone at work, someone at school. I pray that every single person here will think of a name and see a face of someone to whom they need to witness. And I pray that in this moment of invitation that they will commit to you to be a witness and to share Jesus with that person. I pray that.